I want to find our text first, if you have your, your Bible, your pen and paper, uh, in, in to Romans chapter 8. This is where I've been studying personally for about the last couple of months. I haven't got to preach out of this yet because I'm still preaching on the revelation I got out of a study uh, several months ago. Uh, but I want to talk about having success in Christianity. Now, the word Christianity uh, really in its simplest meaning, but a dynamic meaning, is to be Christ-like. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can call yourself a Christian figuratively, but I'm talking about when we call ourselves a, a Christian in the real sense of I'm living a Christ-like life. It's a whole different meaning. A lot of people, like I don't know how many hundreds of millions of Christians, or people say they're a Christian because they're not another denomination or of another belief. But I'm talking about to be true Christ-likeness. How do we have success in Christ-likeness? And now that word has been thrown around a lot in a lot of churches. It's a very wordy word uh, that a lot of people like to key in on in order to pique interest. Well, I'm not trying to pique your interest, but you as a believer, you know, we as believers should be having success uh, in Christianity, because that's who we have become in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, so I want to give you a little help here, but our, we find this in Romans 8 and 6. Now, in the first five verses, I don't I don't have all the time in the world, but for the first uh, five verses, it deals with the spirit of the law, uh, which was un under uh, the Old Testament, which is not abolished or done away with. It just has been completed in Christ Jesus. It took the mercy and grace of God to make the Old Testament obtainable to the believer. It takes the grace and mercy of, of our God. And it, it's no longer an outer action. that we, It's something that we're trying to do, trying to obtain. No, it, it now is on the inside of us through Jesus Christ. The, the law of the Old Testament, the covenant of God, is now in us. So we're not, it's not a far off where we're trying to do something or trying to, to you know, become something. No, I, I became a new creation of Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new, according to Corinthians. But now I got this new spirit of faith, this new law that I'm under. And, and the word law is not a bad thing. It's just a, a set of principles that I adhere to. That's all that means. So uh, if we go a little further, it talks about the new law or the new uh, the, the law of the spirit rather. And then in six, uh, verse six here says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is against, it opposes it, uh, your carnal mind without the influence of the Holy Spirit, and the influence of God's word, his living word, uh, you automatically oppose God. That's what the scriptures say, but you're not carnally minded. You shouldn't be a carnal Christian. You, you, know, you can be, but you shouldn't be. But it says uh, the carnal mind is an, an, an enmity, is the uh, King James, but that means directly opposes God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But they that are, that are uh, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in us. Now, if any man have not the spirit of God, he is none of his. Uh, so if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now, let's just stop here. I've, I've said plenty to chew on, but let's think about this for a second. In, in order to have success, I have to be led by the spirit. 
Uh, when you got born again, you became a spirit. I've been teaching this now, and I don't want to really get stuck on that. But I want to talk about some practical you know, uh, exercises or some, some practical information that you can begin to put to work, put to use, and create something on the inside of you. Amen. Then that's the image of God. That's what we're trying to recreate is that image of God, the, the mind of Christ, to think above this world, to think on a, on a, a, a kingdom level. Now, it's, it takes a lot of discipline to do that. Uh, don't get frustrated, but understand this. It's going to take a, a, a severity a level of discipline, a severe level of discipline uh, to become who God's called you to be. It's not for the faint of heart. If anybody tells you Christianity is easy, getting saved is easy. You know, getting born again is easy. Uh, becoming a, a Christ follower is extremely hard. But you can get born again and, and live a carnal life, and hopefully you make heaven. You know, chances are you will because you get to Jesus, to God by believing Jesus. But I'm talking about becoming one of his disciples or a follower. Now, write these things down. You have to, number one, in order to have success in Christianity, and when I say success in Christianity, that's across the board. So if I want to be, be blessed, I want to live a, a life of divine health, I want to live in divine peace, you know, I, I want to you know, be right, you know, before the members of my church, my brothers and sisters. I want to be involved in the ministry of helps. I want to serve my God correctly. You know, all the different things that make us a Christian and that we should do as a reasonable service is what I'm referring to when I say success in Christianity. But number one, you have to learn how to overcome demonic information. That's probably the biggest thing is you must learn how to overcome demonic information. You learn how to process information and you need to learn how to discriminate, I guess is a wrong word, but you need to. And when it's wrong information, you got to kick it out. You, you, you gotta, you've got to learn and allow your sensory, your subconscious to be your guide, and you've got to listen to your subconscious, and that's the inner man. It's really a part of your brain, but we'll talk call it the inner man, the, the place of conviction. You have to listen when information is brought to your attention and it's wrong. You've got to learn to kick it out. You've got to learn to set it down. You, you can't uh, allow it free space in your mind. It'll cause confusion. Uh, it'll, it'll cause you to lose your mind. If you'll let something come around your mind, an, an ungodly thought, an ill thought uh, that's against the word of God, it'll really harm you. So you got to learn uh, how to overcome demonic information, whether what it is. Now, there's demonic information. I talk about this subject financially, and a lot of you have adapted uh, to demonic, false demonic information concerning the tithe concerning the offering. Okay, I'll preach a little bit since you asked. A, a lot of you have a, a, a adopted a false doctrine concerning your money and the idea about money. A lot of you think you are, you're in false humility. You're not in real humility. If you think money's bad and if you don't like money, you're in false humility. You're, you're, you're really in deception because uh, money is not, neither good or evil. Uh, money is you know an inanimate object. It's just a tool. It's a currency in the world that we're presently in. But it has no power or ability to do anything without someone possessing and controlling it. So if an evil man possesses it, then he can do evil things with money. If a good man possesses it, he can do good things 
with money, but money itself is not evil. You got to overcome that wrong information. Number two, uh, if you have a silent inner opinion about the tithe, that sideways against the sideways against the word of God, uh, that falls under demonic information. If you don't embrace and celebrate the tithe, if you don't embrace and celebrate the offering, are the four ways that God has showed us how to give. Number one, the tithe. That's what you got to fix first. You got to fix the tithe. This isn't about the tithe and the offering, but you got to fix the tithe problem in your life. You got to fix the offering problem. You got to understand and, and get to a place where God's worth you offering something to him. You got to figure out first fruits. There's a power in first fruits giving, and you got to figure out alms because you're going to have to pour with you always, but you got to figure these things out. And, and if you twitch when I talk about money, uh, there's some somehow, some way, false demonic information was sown into you. There was a wrong teaching, a wrong idea. Uh, there was a scar, a hurt, a pain. Uh, but you got to overcome once again wrong information. Uh, number two, uh, you got to you got to learn self discipline. I'll tell you this: if you want self discipline in your Bible, like say, I want to be able to read, I want to be able to study, I want to be able to, to pray. I want these self-disciplines. It starts with your flesh first. Uh, and, and what I mean by that, it starts with your your flesh suit, your body. Uh, you got to begin that your body was never intended to control you. The desires of your flesh, God never intended the desires of your flesh to control you. If you let your flesh desires control you, uh, chances are you're going to be three, four, five hundred pounds and you're going to rot away. Not You're not going to rot to nothing. You're going to become a blob and you're not going to have no mobility, and you're probably going to die early of a disgusting death because your your flesh wasn't given the ability to say yes or no or to discipline itself. Uh, the, the discipline of your flesh comes from your mentality, your, your will, your emotions, that's all in your mind. So if you want to start somewhere, start with your flesh. You want to aid to help get your flesh under control? Uh, it's called uh, fasting. If you need a, help, a biblical help aid to start the discipline process of life to become a better Christian, to have success in Christianity, uh, you, you need to get your flesh suit, your body under control. Uh, when your body cries for beer, you don't give your body beer. Your body cries for liquor, you don't give your body liquor. You say, well, I'm of the opinion alcohol is okay. Well, then I can't help you with this teaching. If, if you want alcohol, uh, it's your flesh crying for it. It's not your soul. It's not uh, uh, your spirit, rather. It's your flesh. So uh, that's your problem. But I'm telling you now, as a believer, uh, you got to begin to get your flesh under control. Amen. Now, in self-discipline, uh, you'll begin to develop, well, once again, with, within self-discipline. You got to learn to have a, a self-disciplined life. And with this in, uh, within self-discipline, uh, there's a prayer life for you. There's a stable prayer life for you. Uh, within uh, self-discipline, there's a study habit, a, a word study, Bible study habit for you. Within self-discipline, uh, there's a church attendance habit for you. Within self-discipline, there's ministry of help service uh, for you. Now, I can't say within self-discipline, there's tithe and offering and giving money because uh, those things should not be habitual. Uh, those things come intentionally. That's a, that's something you do intentionally. Uh, these other things you can create with self-discipline. Now you can kind of maybe, 
self-discipline your, you know, yourself to give, but that's a faith heart issue. So in order to have a faith heart issue, which is a whole nother service, uh, you got to learn to treasure the things of God. You got to learn to treasure God. You got to learn to treasure the kingdom of God. You got to learn to treasure because uh, your heart's going to be with your treasure. So if you treasure something, uh, you're going to be more, uh, you know, attentive to it. If you treasure something, you're going to put a greater worth on it. It's going to be more important to you if, if you treasure something. But uh, that's something you need to get a revelation by studying. But I'm talking about success in Christianity. Uh, so let's say this. I'll give you something else. Another big one. I touched on this the other night. Uh, some of you got it. Some of you didn't on Sunday morning. Uh, in self-discipline, you'll learn how to say no. or You'll learn resistance and self-discipline. In self-discipline, you'll know, uh, you'll learn how to say no, and you'll learn how to accept no. That's a big one. I don't know. We might get into that in the next couple of weeks, but a lot of people uh, still have a problem with, with uh, the two letters that make up a powerful word, but small. Uh, N-O spells no, and it has a great meaning, and it's a great protector when it's used correctly. Uh, it's a great limiter, uh, and some people need limits when it's used correctly, but you can't embrace these things without the element of self-discipline. I hope I'm helping somebody. This isn't doom and gloom. It shouldn't be upsetting to you. But when you learn how to, self, to discipline your life across the board, uh, you'll learn how to be a better human being. And you'll definitely learn how to be a better believer. Amen. I hope I'm uh, helping somebody. Give me a few more minutes with you. Uh, once again, come on, call yourself blessed. Just, just go ahead and say something about yourself uh, this morning. Say, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Say, I receive it. Uh, I'm going I'm to revelate it. I receive these truths and I'm going to be a better me. And I'm definitely going to have success in Christianity. Amen. Now, I want to say this next one. The Lord was just, as I was putting this together, uh, the Lord gave me the, all this stuff just now for you this morning. Uh, but this one line here, uh, there's a lot in it. Um, write this down. I'll talk to you about it. Uh, you got to overcome fear and you got to overcome the fear of the unknown. And the reason why is because uh, the, the fear of the unknown will keep you where you presently are. If you have a fear of the unknown, uh, you'll never get beyond where you are today. Now, the problem with that is, is uh, your future lies in the unknown. All right, that's going to take a little bit. So if my future's in the unknown, and why you say, how do you say this, preacher? Okay, Paul said to the church in Corinth, uh, he talked about two realms. He talked about, number one, the seen realm and the unseen realm. Now, uh, he said in uh, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, while we no look not at the things which are seen, but at the things uh, which are unseen, um, for the things which are seen are temporal, the things which are, which are unseen are eternal. All right, so look at this. If you got to go by the sight realm, uh, meaning you got to have uh, training wheels all the time, you got to have the bumper rails when you go bowling, because uh, you you, you're, you're, you're living life by braille. You got to see, you got to touch. That's not faith. And you got to get to the point uh, where you figure out that, that what you know, you know in limit. Uh, what you know, you know in part, but in order to get to the other side of what you know, uh, you're going to have to have to plunge into the unknown. You're going to have to 
be brave, and you're going to have to get out to the deep. All right, let, let me give you a scripture for this. I hope this is helping somebody. Uh, I, that's why we do these podcasts, not not for likes, not for numbers, but we do these podcasts to really help someone. We're not doing it to build a church. I, I hope someone gets this information and, and puts it to use and makes a change in their life, brings about change in their life. Uh, but the the uh, God always operates in the unknown, in the in the deep in the 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 place of our life where we have no control. That's where God is. So you remember the disciples, Jesus said, you fished all night and apparently they fished in the shallows because that's where the fish are. If you're a fisherman, you know that there's good shallow spots and you know we can see the water, we can see the fish moving. If it's clear water, you can see so on and so forth. But Jesus wasn't trying to, to bless the disciples by way of natural means, meaning he was gonna bless them with a natural element, but it wasn't by natural means because he's trying to get them into a supernatural mindset. So he said, launch out into the deep. Well, two things that come to my mind. Number one, uh, that deep was like an abyss and fish-like bottom. Nets can't go to the bottom when it's deep. There's a rope to a net and it's only so far it can go. So very rarely do fish just sit in deep water in the middle, like in you know, 10, 20 feet, just kind of hang out there, unless there's bait. But Jesus said, go out in the deep. And the idea was, is get beyond the area that you're presently comfortable in. And that's where I'm going to meet you. Let me say it again. Get beyond the area of life that you're, that you're present, uh, presently comfortable with or in. And that's where a lot of us live. We like to live in the area of comfort, the area of the known. You know, And that's why a lot of us are limited in our Christian life. That's why a lot of us are limited in finance. That's why a lot of us are limited in business. That's why a lot of us are limited, 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 because we refuse to go beyond or to explore uh, out beyond uh, safety. Come on now, I'm preaching pretty good. There's a difference between false safety and wisdom. Now, if you lack wisdom, you can ask God, will give it to you. I'm not talking about wisdom. I'm not talking about getting away from wisdom. I'm talking about getting outside of or beyond uh, the safety limits that you've placed in the natural realm. You got to get beyond that. Uh, God, I'll, I'll end with this. Uh, in Abraham, I said a little, little bit on this on Sunday, but it fits here. In Abraham, God had to take from him the ability to produce for himself. Um, Abraham was promised the father of many nations. He didn't like the timeline or the, the clock speed that it was presently on. So he was around 12 to 15 years. And uh, him and his wife concocted an idea. Once again, when two people come with an idea, come up with an idea without God, it's an idea that's birthed in limitation. So they come up with an idea. Uh, obviously, God has forgotten about us. Maybe we didn't hear him right. Well, they did hear him right. He didn't forget about them, but they, they got in, impatient. So they said, hey, uh, why don't, what about Hagar? She's young. She can have children. She's our handmaid. And then I, I don't know if Abraham talked um, uh, Sarai at the time into saying he wouldn't lust after her. He wouldn't want her after that, which if you're a man, you know how that goes. So uh, they, uh, he laid with uh, Hagar. He gave birth to an Ishmael. And we're still battling that battle 
uh, with Isaac and Ishmael today. And that's the battle between Christianity and, and, and Muslims. That's today our, our still same battle. But my point is here, now after that, uh, he was sterile. He became sterile and her womb dried up. And what God was, wasn't trying to punish them, but God had to remove the safety net or God had to remove any natural element uh, that they could have taken or used as a tool to play God. So, all right, Abraham, uh, no longer can you produce seed. All right, Sarah, no longer can you receive a seed and, you know, and, uh, an egg and fertilize and all that stuff. So now it had to be the supernatural ability of God. Well, in order to get there, they had to uh, get in faith, but their faith was limited and they had to work on getting beyond their own ability out into the depths or the unknown. And that's where God supplied or gave them Isaac. Can you say amen to that? Uh, now, uh, once you receive an Isaac, guess what? There's going to be another season or another level of the unknown. Learn. I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, we, can, we can get ready to, to end it here. I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, you, you need to learn, I'll give you all these points, that your best future, if you will, or your present God-seasoned future is going to be found in what you or I refer to as the unknown area of life. And, and biblically, we can say 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 18, uh, that is the unseen realm. It's out of your control. Things in the seen realm are in your control. Things in the unseen realm are completely and totally out of your control. You need to embrace those things. I uh, hope I helped you. Uh, I really do love you. Let me pray for you in closing here. Lord, we thank you. Uh, I believe this was a rhema word, Lord. This was a word breathed from heaven uh, for this morning. And I pray for every person watching that I pray, Lord, it penetrate the heart of the believer, the spiritual ears. I pray we'd catch a lot of this and, and just grab it and put it right in our subconscious. Uh, but I pray, Lord, that we get insight, information, and understanding on what was said uh, this morning in Jesus' name. And may we have uh, true God success, not just a worldly little catchy phrase in Christianity, and may this uh, get us going in the right direction in Jesus' mighty name.